just boost that up. Oh, I did the thing again. No, I didn't. You know, my friends hate it when I make that noise through the mic. Why? I don't know. You ever, uh, what's my joke? I was like, you got, you got to speak to the pussy like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, my God oh man. Yeah. You know, it'd be like that. Sometimes on pre-roll we get a little too, uh, saucy. uh, yeah, I guess saucy is a good word for it. Saucy would be the word. Yo, shahi. Like when, uh, what's his face? Adam Levine did the Super Bowl. and you got a little too saucy. Just because like nobody gave a fuck until he took off his shirt. <laughs> Nobody cared who I was until they took off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he has that, very nice, like traditional tattoos. I, I will give him that much. He's also kind of a prick. He uh, he played a show across seas, yeah. in Chile, and the crowd was singing the songs mm-hmm. like like out loud. Like the crowd was singing along, and then he like stopped in the middle of a set. He's like, "Well, you could do my job if you want." He's <laughs> like, "That's kind of funny." How are you not stoked that people who speak a different language than you are singing every single word to your song? I was uh, I was speaking to someone, and they're like. Uh, we were talking about Bring Me the Horizon albums, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I can speak on length about the albums. And uh, I was like, you know, the, like the really disappointing thing is like seeing them live now. And she's like, oh, I've never seen them live, but it's on my list. I was like, trust me, you ain't missing out on much. Definitely not. Just it, listen to the CD. Yeah. Or the record or stream it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really, really not worth anymore. I mean, you know, everybody has their own thing. But I, I kind of I, I was like, listen, if you plan on uh screaming along to throne and all that stuff then by all means you should see him once but yeah. you're gonna be doing just as much as ollie's doing up correct there. <laughs> yeah absolutely well it's a conjoined effort <laughs> yeah 50 50 split yeah, up right. the vocals a little bit oh well, hold on oops oh what'd you lose no no nothing i'm just gonna do that just to make sure that we're still rolling gabe meow, meow, meow. you know how that goes yeah how, how randomly uh studio one will be like oh oh god audio coming in <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we got the agenda. We got the pre-roll. We got the monster. That got th- might be a week old. I'm not too sure. No, 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 no. I no. just got this. I just got this. Okay. Um, I well, are you gonna do that thing? What thing? The where thing you- where I ask you where you're ready? Oh yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 151. One, five, one. Oh, yeah, we are back on a what is probably the best day of the year so far as far as weather. Yeah. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mid-50s. Uh, you know, I got, I don't know if you noticed, but I like, left my window rolled down a bit. So mm-hmm. if you're going to rob me, now's an opportune time. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this live, which is not going to happen because well, we're not doing a live show, we, we don't broadcast live. Uh, Gabe's window is currently open. So if you want to rob his car, now's the, you know, uh, <laughs> if you want to you want to try and help me look for money I'll, you know by all means we, we can conjointly look and split whatever we find in the car there you go sweet was that off is that offer open to me because i'm here we're gonna find like we're gonna find some grimy ass quarters in there we're just gonna be like 235 and change just and like cr- a loose the like crustiest quarters bill. of all time yeah like you know those quarters that have seen like the bottom of the mcdonald's coke cup that was leaky correct and yeah. it's just like it's like half jelly yeah, and it's like um, it's like stuck onto the like the surface of the cup holder, and you're gonna need like a mini pry bar to wedge it out. <laughs> and when you do, it's still sticky on yeah. the underside. But the other side's completely clean. No, th- it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like 
I don't know, man. If my belly button was big enough to hold like a quarter and just collect all that lint, Ew. you know? Why we, you know, what what happened? Anyway, nice day <laughs> outside on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me I have my co-host, Gabe. The lint collector. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, man, so we've been off for a week. Yes. So, tell me about your last two weeks. What's been going on? Uh, nothing really. You got nothing a haircut? Tr- yeah, I, I did get a haircut yesterday. I that also was, enjoy Floyd's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. I got a haircut. Um, the thing about like getting hair that like is meant to be tied in a man bun is when the side of your hair starts to get long, you look ridiculous. Yeah, because you got the little, uh, especially by the by the part, you yeah. got the little fuzzies that just stick straight out. Correct. Yes. Uh, and I had like held off long enough, and it got to the point where I would tie up my hair, but only wear a hat at work. I'm like, I should probably get this addressed. So that's where I'm at right now. And I figured it was going to be nice this weekend, so it'd nice be it'd be nice to get the side of my head some rays of sun. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? There's like that like weird like awkward spot for both the top of your head and the side of your head because like you know i'm sure we both could we were going for the same cut for a while there right mm-hmm. the 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 bun look but mm-hmm. th- there's uh definitely like that awkward spot on top of your head when it's not quite long enough to put up mm-hmm. but it's also not quite short enough to like style so you're in this like awkward in between not, and not, it gets long enough and it's also like aggravating when it because when it's mm-hmm. down because it's like in your face and you're like yeah and the, the same thing with like the side of your head i'm sure if we like let it go let it go we could just comb it back like uh, like Bradley Cooper style, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. that like full full mane, but fuck that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So other than that, though, I have nothing else to report. What about you, buddy? What about me? What about me? Uh, nothing been wrenching on the summer car. Um, yeah, don't don't buy an older European car. <laughs> yeah, you learning that one. Uh, yeah, I should have learned that one. <laughs> uh, what else? Saw Silent Planet last night. Um, we'll do a quick little recap when we hit the music section. Blue. Okay. Absolute blast. Hmm? What else? What else? My, uh, yeah, dude, that past two weeks have been pretty good to me. Interesting. I got no complaints. Very cool. Alrighty, So we do have that thickest boy agenda we have ever seen. I was hyping it up on Twitter a little bit. Uh, start trying to get a little more Twitter active these days. I, I think I'm doing You're just pretty- talking shit about other baseball teams. Yeah, basically. Mostly. That's, yeah, that's the big one. But I, I also talk about music every now and then. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and get into this, Gabe. Yeah, uh, so what's up with this 92 quadrillion stuff? So somebody accident, well, somebody at PayPal accidentally inserted 92 quadrillion dollars into somebody's account. Who has that much money? I don't know. I, I thought trillion was the... It Yeah, it is the cap. So my question is, is how did that happen by accident? Uh, <laughs> did somebody just slip a couple, maybe three or four extra zeros? <laughs> how, many, how many extra zeros do you think it was? Because how many is it? A million is nine zeros, right? No, a million, a million is, is six. six. So a trillion is nine, and a quadrillion is twelve zeros. Yeah. What? Yeah, you. So would have- even if it was three extra zeros, that's still a trillion dollars. Yeah. And then four would be like a hundred million. Yeah. So so I'm st- I don't know. You know you know what that is honestly at the end of the day that is probably somebody testing the boundaries and the limits of a very widely used software. Because somebody in QA and testing didn't catch, didn't never thought of, you know what I mean? Like the, when I think like software testing, it's like negative one dollars. Yeah. Let's try that. Or like uh, Q dollars. You know, you, you do all the weird wacky shit that might break your program. Yeah. But nobody would have thought of a quadrillion. Yeah, because everybody's like, no, no way. That's, I wonder what the service fee for that was. Does that type of money even exist? I. Uh, maybe the, if we combined everybody's debt. <laughs> what is the know. u.s debt count, count like a trillion it's oh yeah it's got to be it went up in the past four years but 
Yeah, man, it's it's interesting. A quadrillion dollars. That's insanity. Yeah. So ninety two it's not not even just a single quadrillion. It's ninety two quadrillion. So Holy shit. Somebody had a nice payday, I guess. I, I PayPal'd somebody, I think like eleven hundred dollars and it gave me like a I want to say like a ninety two dollar service fee. So I wonder what the fuck the service fee was for ninety two quadrillion. Christ. The service fee must have been like a million dollars. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but it's probably in the ballpark. It's definitely it's definitely a percentage, but I, I don't know about you, but my calculator doesn't go that high. Well, because so. there, there's definitely a minimum. You know what I mean? There's like yeah. a minimum of like X amount of yeah. for a fee. I wonder if there's like a ceiling to it, too. I'd imagine so, right? You never know. I guess. You never know, man. Interesting. Um, Elon's doing better things than PayPal right now. Yeah. So This is true. So that's just something I thought was funny that I saw. I actually had to Google it again just because I'm like, what the fuck is that? And <laughs> a Quad. Quad, yeah. really. Okay. Yeah. That's it's pretty wild. Yeah, so. I thought you were gonna hit me with some like space bullshit. Like you know, it's been like ninety two quadrillion <laughs> seconds since they predicted the Big Bang happened. I was like, damn, but no, some PayPal bullshit. Yeah, just some PayPal, but nonsense. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about next. Good stuff. The Boy Scouts of America file for bankruptcy amongst the uh, sexual assault, sexual misconduct lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of sad to see you know the the Boy Scouts go. You know, they're in their dying throes and, you know, we said it before, we'll say it again. This is not a political podcast, but mm-hmm. don't diddle kids. Yeah. I can't believe I have to say that. Good rule of thumb. Uh, if you want to stay out of trouble, leave the little kids alone. And it's such a sad thing because I was never a Boy Scout and mm-hmm. I'm not like actively like advocating or rooting for them. But yeah. like I'd imagine that it was a good time and a good experience. I have friends that are Eagle Scouts, like grown ass men that are Eagle Scouts mm-hmm. and they'll, you know, live and die by the gun. I'm sure. You know, but it's just kind of sad that um, there's some genuine fucking creeps and weirdos out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now the Boy Scouts might be no more. You know why they're they're filing for bankruptcy, though? Why? Because they don't sell anything. Yeah. Girl Scouts, they will never go bankrupt. You know, I was at the mall today, and they, they had some Girl Scouts posted. And they're like, you want to buy it? No. I have four <laughs> boxes at home. Stop. <laughs> Between them and Silent Planet, I'm going to be broke. All oh, right. Jesus. So what's your what's your favorite Girl Scout? I think we've talked about this before. Samoas. Samoas are your okay. Samoas are. Uh, I, I also enjoy uh, Thin Mints and Tagalongs. I Tag-along. think those are my top three. Yeah. But there's something about the way the Samoa just it, it's that mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you get like all these like textures. Absolutely. And, like, you know, Thin Mints are good. I like Thin Mints. I just think they're maybe a little too plain Jane. You know, they're a little too cliche. I feel like everybody likes a Thin Mint. This is true. But I, the Samoas, man, it's just the way it's a dynamic you down co- on it. A dynamic cookie. It, it's like um. The perfect cookie. Like, when you know you, you haven't quite swallowed your food yet and it's still in that weird, like, chewy mush. Mm-hmm. I feel like that chewy mush is, like, the apex of flavor for a Samoa. <laughs> I know it's, like, a really weird thought, but, like, next time you're chewing through one, just enjoy, like, the mouthfeel of it. Because it is a good cookie to slam. Absolutely, it is. You know, by the one or by the dozen. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's horrible to hear. Is, uh, is Alessana going to be a Girl Scout? Yeah, absolutely she will. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I, have will. A, I have another friend whose daughter is a Girl Scout, so between the two of you, I'm going to be... Gonna it's going to be like that scene in Friday the 13th where the guy's like tied up between the two trees <laughs> and you just split them in half. <laughs> I think that might have been Freddy versus Jason. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but yeah. Either or. But yeah, it's, it's a horrible thing. And um, it's not just, you know, it's also with the reasoning being, like you said, the accusations and whatnot. It was like lawsuits. It's not just accusations yeah, at this point. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty fucking wild. Um, but it is what it is. Moving along, let's go ahead and get into this movies, TV, all this crazy so madness that we got big going news on. News out of uh, out of the mouse this week. Bob Iger, Iger, yeah, Iger, uh, yeah. to step down as CEO of Disney. He's done a lot of really good stuff for Disney as a brand, as a franchise, yep. and he's done, you know, most notably the Star Wars moves, the Marvel moves, and the kind of the other fronts that aren't directly Disney or Disney princess stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he announced that he's going to be stepping down. Uh, he's going to finish out the year, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this new Bob, 
whatever sign pack or something like that. I think uh, yeah. Name. So he, I, I think it's funny that it's a Bob for Bob trade. Bob's, Bob's for Bob's. But um, you know, we were kind of looking into it, and uh, I guess what I found was that he's kind of old, man. He wants mm-hmm. to retire. Well, that and I, I the thing that I heard is that uh, basically he wants to kind of come out of the business side of it all and more focus more on the creative aspects of it, uh, of kind of being involved and whatnot. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, another thing that I thought is worth noting is that he has like a best-selling book. So he's an author of his book about his life and his time at Disney, which I'm sure he has um, like a bazillion of amazing insights that he could possibly like should give to the world, you know, because the guy. Especially for somebody up and coming. Absolutely. Because he was involved in ABC fan or the ABC company. And when the merger came, he kind of stepped up and became part of it. Uh, like you said, oversaw the you know the, the the acquisition of Lucasfilms, Marvel, Disney Plus launching, 20th Century Fox. He was like at the helm of all of that. Yeah. Uh, so arguably, maybe outside of Walt, one of the better CEOs the company's had because the company's only had like what five or six in the history of the company. Yeah, they have pretty good um retention, I guess. Yeah, a good, pretty good track record when it comes to keeping their CEOs is not a revolving door. What you think a company like Disney would be, I think, just due to all the moving parts and stuff like that, that you would think you got to have some. You got to have a lot of oversight and mm-hmm. a lot of attention to detail. Absolutely. Because I'm sure the people that report to Bob, both Bobs in this case, yeah, I'm sure they have you know the craziest bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But that's that's wild. I'm kind of curious to see, and I'm I'm sure it won't be like publicly disclosed or anything. I'm curious to see what like the salary ranges for the Disney CEO. I don't know. That's a actually that's probably a very interesting kind of a question. We well, know after everybody gets paid and after everybody eats, what does the CEO take home? What does his bonus look like? Who pays him? You know what I mean? Like, if you're at the top, who pays you? The mouse? I don't know. That's an interesting question, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to look up the Disney uh, the CEO of Disney salary and see if anything comes up. Uh, well, because what does the president make? The president makes $400,000. That sounds about right, yeah. That that's um. So I'd imagine he makes grossly much more than the president. Okay, so... Uh, the Walt Disney Company on Friday disclosed the chairman and CEO of Bob Iger's just his compensation package, just his compensation. So when he leaves, is forty seven point five million dollars. Oh, shit. yeah. So, um, damn, that's that's a lot of money. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of stock incentives. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of like yearly bonuses. Yep. And I'm sure there's a lot of hair pulling when the Lion King tanked in theaters. But <laughs> I, don't, that's, I don't think they worried about it too much. But but that's kind of the uh, revolving door that is being head of a company. And, uh, you know, Bob Iger did an excellent job. Absolutely and I'm sure he's still going to be in touch during his re- semi-retirement. I don't yeah. know what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, he did a great job. I have absolutely no gripes with the man, mm-hmm. personal or business, at the end of the day. He did an excellent job. And I guess I'm looking forward to what Disney does next because – they may not be at the very, very forefront of the battleground, mm-hmm. but they're usually not too far behind the pack. Correct. Because Ab- they got the money to dump. Absolutely. Uh, so the, yeah, the new guy's name was Bob Chapek. Chapek? Chapek. Cool, C-H-A-P-E-K. Uh, he was the head of like Disney Parks and Entertainment. So I'm kind of see one. Hopefully he could bring something interesting and new to the table. Um, you know, Bob Iger was one of those guys who... Um, one of the leading men, I guess, as far as like business and you know ability to lead a brand, a big gigantic brand like Disney. So he was like the, uh, and you know, no disrespect to anybody involved, but he was like the like the other side of Jeff Bezos. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just as important of a businessman. Absolutely, hundred percent. I'd agree with you that on that. And uh, thanks, Bob, for everything you've done. Big fan. Uh, and he got, the guy kind of had like the greatest job. Oh, you know, it'd be cool if they made him into a pop or like a Disney pin. 
That would be cool. Yeah. I think I like think, a nice little tribute. I don't. Th- I see. Here's the deal because I think uh, leadership at Disney outside of Walt. Everybody kind of like if you were to see them on the street, most people probably wouldn't recognize them, you know, or I would honestly argue that most people don't give a shit that too. We're know? just so involved with the franchise and everything. You know, we cover Disney like every week, yeah. give or take, you know, yeah, so absolutely. we're obviously we know, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're, you're totally right. Outside of Walt, like whose face can you remember clear as day from that, the past yeah. six CEOs? Yeah, that's weird. So, um, you know, wish them well and thanks for everything. Let's go ahead and keep it moving. So the, um, Official first horror movie ever. Uh, it turns 100. Yep. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari turned 100 uh, this earlier this week. And man. Because you, you sent that text and I knew the movie was old. Yeah. Because, um, I dude, they play it all the time on Sven Gulli and stuff. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, you know, this movie's like 80. Yeah. I think that was the first time when I watched it. I think I was like maybe four or five. Yeah. But then when you said it was 100, I was like, we've hit that point where like these cinematic masterpieces and like the classics are mm-hmm. going to be hitting triple digits. Absolutely. It's why it's a wild thing, man. Uh, obviously, you know, it was a silent film, expre- German expressionism, a lot of um, like, uh, as an example, um, Tim Burton, a lot of his like inspiration. Direct, yeah. A lot of his inspiration, his directorial style came from cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Just take a look, man. I mean, you take a look at a scene. You'd be like, yeah, it looks like a fucking Tim Burton movie. Fucking 60 years before 70 years before Tim Burton. It wasn't even a thing. And, uh, yeah, it kind of changed how movies were made and, uh, what people can get out of movies. We're going to live, hopefully live long enough to where Hitchcock movies are going to be turning way up there. And that's a scary thought. Yeah. Cause scary. what was the earliest Hitchcock film? Let's look. 50? 1950? A little later? Maybe 1960? Let's look. No, he, I think he did a fucking... I think he had a silent film in there, I think. Let me yeah, look. that's a good question. I, I don't know the exact dates. My, my Hitchcock's kind of all over the place because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of quality horror coming out recently. Yeah, absolutely. So I get my dates fucked up. Hitchcock's first movie. Let's take a look. What his filmography... I'm going to say like late 40s, early 50s. His first, his first, first film was in 1922. That's coming up. So it's going to be a hundred around the corner. Yeah, it's called the number thirteenth. It was unfinished slash lost. What it, what about uh what about the birds? Uh, the birds came out. Ooh man, he has a shit ton of movies. Yeah, the birds came out in nineteen sixty three. So w- hopefully we're going to be around for that time. Yeah, forty hopefully. years. You know, that's it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, his first sound film was in nineteen twenty nine. Think about that, man. That's wild. I yeah. gotcha. So very easily, like you said, the very first horror movie, a thing that we can base a whole entire genre. I mean, I think there's very few things that you can look back and be like, well, this was the start of something. And this is it, man. I think we owe a lot as horror fans to The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I've seen it a handful of times, and it's definitely kind of a surreal, trippy kind of movie. Uh, and it's excellent. It's like, I mean, I think it's kind of like the first Frankenstein almost in, in a weird kind of way, uh, you know, and um, it's good stuff, man. It's excellent. It's excellent stuff. So happy birthday, Kevin of Dr. Caligari. Hit his centennial. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, that is absolute insanity. Let's talk about something that's not as old. Yeah, so uh, Sasha Banks, the professional wrestler, apparently is going to be in the next season of The Mandalorian. Uh, for my wrestling people in the world, you may have noticed she's been off TV recently. This is why. It's because she is filming The Mandalorian. And now, for those who haven't seen The Mandalorian, there was a shit ton of cameos in that movie. Or the, the the TV show, like throughout the whole entire run, there was a whole bunch of cameos. So um, I think this is going to fall kind of in line. Like Bill Burr was in a fucking episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah, good stuff. Let's get uh, Dave Chappelle. Damn, that's there. fucking a good pool, man. 
Uh, let's a, get him as some like weird alien that just talks mad trash. Dude, that would be a fucking fan. Oh, that's a great. That'd be hilarious. Movie. I don't know if Chappelle's a Star Wars fan or not, but you don't have to be. Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, just fucking put me in some crazy. Makeup. You know, it's hard to get that man out for anything, this even to true. do comedy. This is true. Yeah, he's going on tour with Joe Rogan. Yep. Yeah, they uh, got, we have dates for anything yet? No, I think they have like five. I don't think there's. They're not doing like because I, I, you know, I, I heard them mention uh, him. Joe Rogan mentioned it on his podcast. He's yeah. like, I can't give away too much info, but yeah, man, I'd pay a lot for those tickets. I was fortunate enough to see Chappelle in like 2012. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's that's what's going on out there. Uh, next up, Borderlands. I guess it's got a movie coming up. Uh, like my Borderlands? Like yes. Gearbox Software? Yep. Cool. I guess they're doing a movie for it. I don't know any more details other than it's supposedly coming. I'm not sure if it's going to be animated. I hope it is because I think it'd be kind of hard to do a live action Borderlands movie. You know which cosplays impressed me the most is the Borderlands one because they go balls to the wall with the cel shaded look. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll see some pictures from C2E2 this weekend of Borderlands cosplays, but those are insane. Um, yeah, I think anime would be the way to go, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. Yeah, because it would be really hard to kind of catch the feel of it without the cel the cel shaded kind of a look. So hopefully that's what their plan is moving forward. But that's all I know is that they're coming out with a Borderlands movie good stuff on uh thursday last week i had uh i had it coming out of both ends i was really sick so i stayed home and it was one of those um you know watch some tv kind of uh sure. with like half a mind you know you're still kind of like, Ugh, like mm-hmm. sleeping and shit and i threw on lego masters on hulu at the moment yeah uh and this was the show that we saw during the super, super bowl, bowl previews mm-hmm. it is grossly entertaining yep. it is uh wildly fun so they team these people up in groups of two and they're supposed to make a creation for whatever the challenge is the mm-hmm. episode i watched i believe it was episode three they had all these objects cut in half and then the builder's job was to build the other half Okay. And it wasn't like, a, like one of the objects was a globe and the idea wasn't to build the rest of the globe. The idea was to make it an art piece. So the two women ended up building dragons on the other side of the globe and all this cool shit. Um, really fun show. It's produced by Brad Pitt, surprisingly. Um, and I think, it, I think it's an absolute blast, but like the big thing that like, and I know you weren't le- like a Lego kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, but I think the big thing that like got me was like, these people are, first of all, they're grown ass adults and they're so awesomely creative with what they do i don't want to give away all the creations because that episode was really really good with half the shit they did okay but man some of the stuff that comes out of their minds and then onto the brick is absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and these are like longer episodes they're like 45 ish minutes so probably an hour runtime on regular ass tv but it just flew by man i had a blast watching it the host is great uh the contenders are excellent and then the judges are like uh like master builders, like the you know they work for the Lego company. People who get commissioned to build to build the shit. No, no, no. They work for the Lego company. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and they're like Lego masters, like a title. It's like earned. Oh, it's so, like yeah. sandwich artists. I, I, yeah, I think it's a little bit more prestigious than that. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. But um, but you know, I'm not too sure what the prereqs and the uh, kind of hoops you have to jump through are. Qualifications. To get, yeah, but um, they're, they're high up there. They're definitely high up there. Interesting. And uh, I think it's a hoop, man. You, I feel like you don't have to be into Lego, and I feel like you don't have to. You know, be grew up around it to enjoy and appreciate what they make and what they do. I thought it was an absolute blast. I'm looking forward to, to more coming up. Absolutely. I think uh, when the Super Bowl trailer dropped, I think everybody collectively in the room was like, well, that kind of looked kind of cool. Yeah, it looks I, interesting. I think we all kind of thought that way. And uh, if it's on Hulu now, I mean, yeah, I'll take a, I'll yeah, take a man, watch an episode or two. Like I said, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think it's probably easily one of the best shows to come out of Fox in the past couple of years. Easily. Very, I mean, better than the fucking mass Singer. Not getting into, let's not get into that. All righty, moving along. Uh, Woman in the Window. So this, I saw a movie last weekend, uh, and this was a trailer for it. It was called Woman in the Window. Speaking of Hitchcock, we talked about them a minute ago, him a minute ago. This is kind of rear window vibes. Uh, essentially, it is a woman who has a fear, like anxieties, of leaving her home. Uh, so she's like watching her neighbors. Uh, and 
it's kind of set up in kind of a psychological thriller kind of thing. All right. She swears she sees her neighbor die. Uh, the neighbor's wife die, but the neighbor's wife is like, no, this is me. I'm the neighbor's wife. And so I, we're trying to figure out if if there's something sinister going on or maybe this is something that's going on in the character's head because mm-hmm. she is under medication and whatnot. So, like I said, it's kind of propped up. Psychological thriller. Uh, who's in it? I think Amy Adams is in it. Always. Yeah. 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 Amy Adams is a good pull for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I said, it's you don't know which way it's going. It could be her in, her in her head or something actually sinister going on in the background. So that's the way it was set up. And uh, I am definitely interested in it. I, I wrote it down while the trailer was playing because I wanted to check it out. So if you haven't seen the trailer, it is out. Definitely check it out. I recommend it to you because I know you and I like the horror kind of psychological. Like the thriller. cheap horror. Yeah. Uh, we like those kind of movies. So definitely going to check that out. That's my plan. Good stuff. Uh, not on the agenda, but I sent you the first poster for The Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks good, man. I wasn't yeah. excited for this film before, but I saw this come out and I was like, yeah, we got, we got to go see this. I saw a screenshot where somebody was, had a gag in their mouth and had like a pistol. I'm like, oh man, this movie's going to get fucking weird. Rough. <laughs> good stuff. What is Spiral? Spiral. Uh, so the, speaking of uh, other things that are going on in horror, uh, this is another thing that was kind of set up. Uh, I actually had no idea what it was, but Adriana kind of spilled the beans halfway through because she's a big fan of the franchise. But Spiral is essentially a prequel, I guess, or a prequel, prequel to the prequel. I, again, I, I'm not fa- super familiar with the Saw franchise. It's called Spiral. Uh, it's fucking it's starring Chris Rock. In okay. A, in a weird turn of events. It actually looked pretty good. It looked like it was shot very well. Uh, again, not a franchise that I particularly care for. But the woman, like I said, she saw it like immediately when the trailer was playing. When, when are we going to leave Jigsaw alone? When are we going to call it quits? I will say, though, that they have given this tremendous time to breathe. <laughs> Because it's been a while, I think, since the last. When was the last one? We got one in like 2015. That was a while. That was five years ago. Bro. It's 2020, Gabe. Bro, you cannot be busting out the defibs every couple of years. I mean, I guess, but come on. How long did God of War have to breathe? Like a decade. Like 10 years. Like a decade. (laughs) And they came back hard as tits. They did. I mean, I don't know. Here's my thing, man. Okay. Saw and Hellraiser, we had this talk four years ago, right? The, leave them alone give it time to breathe because not only do we have i think like nine or ten films in each franchise at this point but now the whole like uh, half of them are good <laughs> well not not even that right let's just fucking toss that out the window you know you have essentially some dude in hollywood that goes hmm trying to be mr emt and he busts out the defibs on on just <laughs> dead fucking franchises that are going to be cheap to make and it's probably going gonna to break even you know what I mean? So he goes up to something like Saw or Hellraiser. He goes, beep, clear. <laughs> yeah. All right. Reboot. <laughs> Reboot that shit. And that's what happens. And that is a direct uh, insight into what happens in these Hollywood meetings. Hmm. You have some some half-assed horror reboot. Well, well, I don't. We can't. We can't label it as half-assed yet, Gabe. We don't know what it looks like. The trailer looked good. Again, and I'm not like. A supporter of the franchise. I don't like the franchise. We need a whole. Pumpkinhead reboot. I'll be down for that. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I'll be Magic. Down. I'm gonna get a spray bottle every time. <laughs> every time you say something stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Um. It didn't look too bad. All right. I'll color me intrigued. I'm not like into it. Color me Color me intrigued. All right. Uh, speaking about movies that didn't look too bad. How was Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey? Okay. And so, a one emancipation proclamation. 
because manifest destination annihilation yeah yeah so it was all right no yeah so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i did see harley quinn's movie harley quinn and the birds of prey which is the title that should have been the whole time um and uh sat down watched it with the woman uh very stylistically pleasing it has this kind of neon kind of look to it Mm -hmm. everything kind of has this neon look to it uh and it was it was not a bad movie at all actually it was it was actually pretty good um I like how they kind of uh, had some like animated styled scenes in, in the movie to kind of like frame like the Deadpool cut. Yeah, it's kind of like the frame Harley Quinn's kind of mind mindset and how she thinks. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I think Margot Robbie did a great job. Um, the chick who played Black Canary is smoking hot in that movie. Jesus Christ. Um, Speak softly or you will sleep on the couch tonight. No, I mean, I, I said it the whole entire movie. Like she, <laughs> I was watching the whole movie. I'm like, just for the record, she'd get it. She's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, yeah. So, um, yeah, like I think uh, it, it sets seeds like down the line that I'd be interested in because I think the Black Canary casting was pretty good. I loved uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the Huntress. Um, she actually probably had the character. She was the character with the most intriguing background, and they gave her the least amount of time. As far as like, you know, what that smells like uh, spin off. Yeah, yeah, maybe you might be right about that. Um, but like, yeah, I think it sets the table. Uh, I I would think Ewan McGregor was a pretty good black mask. Um, now I think a, a lot of people, including myself, uh, prior to the movie coming out, I believed that it was kind of like this righteous girl power like styled movie. I yeah. think it kind of looked like that. It really was not like that. It didn't really. It wasn't really nauseating in that regard. Well, what do we say? If it's a good movie. It's a good movie, first and foremost. Correct. And you can push whatever agenda you want after it's a good movie. Correct. And yeah, I think in that in that regards, it accomplishes that. It's pretty violent. Uh, it's rated R. Uh, Sweet. Yeah. So it had moments where I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Man, DC should just lean into that. I, I because, agree. Because you know, uh, Marvel is gonna have a harder time cranking out R-rated movies because it's the whole Disney ordeal. Yeah. But DC should just go for like New Fifty Two style, where everything's. You know, aim, you know, aim to kill. Yeah, sure. I don't. I mean, I, I probably agree with you on that. But you know, this is a Margot Pardo- Margot Robbie produced movie. Uh, I think her direction was important. Uh, I think they told an interesting story about a character that I think a lot of people outside of our bubble, like um, you know, don't really know a whole lot about. I misunderstand. Think, yeah, I think they framed her pretty well and uh, made her cool. Uh, she was really funny. She had some really hilarious moments in that movie. And ultimately, it's a character struggling with self-identity. All right, because the premise is that her and the Joker broke up. And the problem with that is it's kind of open season on her because without the Joker's protection, you know, people will hunt you down and destroy you, basically. So that's like the premise. There's a lot more along yeah. the way. When, but, uh, when, when you go through a breakup and all the guys you haven't talked to in four years just creep into your DMs. I mean, yeah, but the, I don't think all of them are trying to kill you. But I guess yeah, it Maybe. is what it is. You never know, right? <laughs> never but, know. But yeah, I would definitely recommend the movie. It's like a, it's just like a, like a, like a, like a C plus. I C think. plus. Okay. Yeah, it's a C plus. I mean, you're not gonna get like, it's not The Godfather or anything. But <laughs> you know, you got yourself an entertaining movie with some cool, entertaining scenes, and uh, some good characters, some good acting, um, and stylistically, it's a good looking film. So good copy. I would definitely check it out if you're a fan. Speaking about The Godfather, a movie trailer dropped this week, or poster? No, trailer. We got the full trailer this week uh, for a local Chicago favorite known as The Candyman. I'm trying to... uh, There there was no. Oh, okay. Don't worry about it. Okay, so... It just happened. Um, Okay. (laughs) Trailer looks good. 
Yeah. I'm still a little apprehensive about it because Candyman was just never my thing. I, I don't think I like appreciated. I don't think it was like a terrible movie by any means. I don't think I just simply appreciated the direction and the stylistic choices of the early, earlier, what, three films, two mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. Um, the trailer looks good. Uh, what is a trailer's job to make it look good? Correct. Um, and a uh, friend of ours worked yeah. on the film. Worked on the, worked on the film. Absolutely. I actually didn't know that. Uh, saw the trailer. Uh, looks very, very good. I think there's something interesting because Jordan Peele wrote this. All right. I think it's interesting because Jordan Peele has a way of making, uh, especially like with the music of the film, making a making a song sinister based on context. So like in this trailer, they have the Destiny's Child say my name as like the hook of the, the trailer, kind of the draw of the trailer. And without context, it's just a pop song. But with the context of the film, you're like, ah. It's interesting. It made it kind of interesting. And then, uh, I think Jordan Peele's a smart guy. He makes good movies. Uh, he's a great writer. Obviously, he's a funny fucking dude. And it's weird because he's one of these guys that you and I have both talked about where I don't think if you would have told me 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago, yeah. The transition is real, man. That he would have made like a – he would make a really good director slash screenwriter for like horror films. I would not have believed you at all. Yeah, man. And uh, like Danny McBride, same. Where are they, why are these funny guys fucking fucked up? What's wrong with these guys? Because they grew up in the golden age of horror. Yeah, I guess you're right about that. And, and, and figure it like this. Here's my thought process, right? Whatever you're doing now to get your name out there, to get some money allocated, right? You got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. But once you have that allocation, once you have your name known, why not do what you like? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. You know, these guys... Key and Peele was like a like a smaller thing, and it blew up, and you know they gained some notoriety. Same with McBride; he was with at the Apatow crew for how long? Right, a long time. They yeah. were like buddy buddy and all that shit, and now he's kind of like I don't want to say a household name, but like you say Danny McBride, people people know who, you're talking about. He's the dude from when uh, when the end began. Jesus, um, end of the fucking world or whatever. You know, <laughs> this is the end. This is the end. Thank you. <laughs> Damn, can, can um, name him. Can't name the movie though. Yeah, right. But but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I it's get like, you. Why not do something you do enjoy? Yeah, so uh, it looks really good. Um, it's shot in Chicago. Looks, looks like good stuff. So I'll probably add that to the, onto the agenda as well because the woman looks seem to be pretty interested in it as well. Good copy. So yeah, that is movies, TVs, and books. Let's talk some gaming. Sure. So Cod Warzone. Card Warzone is Battle Royale for the new Call of Duty movie movie game game. Uh, uh, I think we saw it coming. Yeah, uh, it's okay. Uh, the rest of the game is. Very well structured, mm-hmm. well built. Aside from the tiny, tiny minor gripes like nerf, snake bite, sweet baby, fucking Jesus. <laughs> oh my! I, you know, don't because I'm having a blast with it. Yeah. Um, I I got no gripes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was maybe a smart move on their thing because the game's well built, it's well structured, mm-hmm. like I said, and it's kind of got these big open maps. Yeah. If you made them just slightly bigger, I think it translate well enough. I think you could easily, I mean, make them a little bit bigger, but I think you could easily take those ground war maps and just kind of blow them up just a little bit. And then you got yourself a decent battle royale. And, and you know what? I think we're like more accepting of this because it's not the gimmick they're throwing at you. Because with COD Black Ops 4, it was yeah. battle royale. Yeah. But now it's like we have good multiplayer. Mm-hmm. We have a solid story. All our mechanics are nice and polished. Um, we're just going to toss out battle royale. Correct. You yeah. don't have to play it. It was not. Yeah, it was not. Uh, yeah, because with, with, like you said, with COD or with uh, the most recent Black Ops, it was like very apparent. It was in your face. Yeah. It's it like was, this is why you should buy the game. Correct. And while this is just like an add on, which. I am incredibly shocked with the what's the one I'm looking for discipline. Yeah, somebody's got Activision on a very short leash at the moment. <laughs> yeah, with the discipline that Activision has shown with this game, 
uh, because like you and I said it with the Black Ops, like it, originally it looked cool. It was a nice little package, but then they just beat you over the head with the DLC stuff and when they uh, pay to win things. This does not have any. Oh, yeah, of that. it's like we get excited now when like new maps or old maps yeah. come back and we get new weapons and new season. Like it's like genuine excitement. It's like giddiness, you know. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing because you and I are the first ones to take a dump on Activision when we get the chance, but they have shown great restraint. Yeah, you this. think it's a uh, you think it's Infinity Ward? That's kind of like hey, no or um, who made this one? Sweet baby Jesus. No, it's Infinity Ward. You're it's right. Infinity Ward. Yeah. Well, there's got to be something going on there yeah. because it's a very different approach than maybe, literally the last ten Call of Duty. Maybe some new leadership at the head of Activision. I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Somebody somebody at Infinity Ward was like, "This is our baby." You you let us do this thing, and if it goes wrong, you can fire us. But let us do our thing, baby. I don't know. I don't know. There's there had to have been something. Meetings. I would like to be a fly in the wall to those meetings where maybe the the head of Infinity were saying, "No, I don't care. No, <laughs> you know what I mean." Well, because somebody, because so, this was scrapped, wasn't it? The because wasn't it handed off from Sledgehammer to Infinity Ward? Yes. Yeah, so maybe Sledge had some good mind, good ideas that Infinity Ward kind of rolled with. You don't know. I maybe. like Sledge. Yeah, I got no gripes with. Them. But they also were the ones. Sledgehammer was the ones that first did the whole supply drop thing. You got to keep that in mind. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're not totally free from microtransactions in this game. I by, mean, by any means. But it's not required. No, absolutely. And we're getting tons of free content. Yeah. Well, like, anyway, Activision Infinity Ward, M Dub, good job. I uh, I mentioned to Jacob that those montages have been kind of killing me over. Yeah. They're they're good, man. Uh, th- these montages weren't what they were like 10 years ago. It's a very new beast, and I, I enjoy it. It's, I just turn off my mind and watch them. It's so old school that it's almost new again. With some, of It's retro. Yeah. That's what it is, bro. It's retro as it, fuck. Have you been watching them? Yeah, I've been watching some of that. I'm like, this is like 2006. I love it, right? 2007 YouTube where like some random 12-year-old would, like you said, put like a trap song. <laughs> Dude, my, my, my favorite like two subgenres of that are like the ones where the trap song comes on, and they like all like the the – drum kicks line up with the gunshots mm-hmm. and then i love the meme edit ones man like, yeah. he need him some milk <laughs> <laughs> the dude's just lying there dead <laughs> oh that shit tickles me yeah so it's interesting it's yeah like it's kind of like a rebirth of that kind of i love style it man. i love it of youtube video anyway uh so disney's looking for ideas for star wars all right they want ideas they want fresh ideas that's the rumor coming out of the mouse right now um that they're not going to be continuing with like main storyline i um movies I, I don't have a source, um, but from a lot of these uh, games, I'm sorry, not movies, YouTubers games. that I follow, and according to their sources, there's going to be obviously the Knights of the Old Republic movie, mm-hmm. but then there's also going to be a revamping, reimagining of the Knights of the Old Republic game. Okay. So I guess the idea is one is going to set up the other. Okay. And kind of recanonize some of the better ideas that came from that era. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I think that's going to be the big, the next big one, man. Yeah, because uh, I mean, this is later down down the list, but um, you know, because with Star Wars being kind of the bigger one, they've had a, they canceled quite a few Star Wars projects in the last couple of weeks that have kind of fallen at the wayside. They had like an open world one that they were going to use that kind of fell at the wayside. I think Vancouver, EA Vancouver, was behind that one, um, and they just can't seem to come up with ideas that seem to click. Yeah. Um, um, well, I'll leave it at this because there's a lot of Star Wars things you can explore. There's a lot of there's a lot of legends that I think would absolutely make the cut. And my favorite Star Wars experience to this date has not been any of the movies. It's been the Knights of the Old Republic storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think to let that master class of writing 
go to waste would be a fucking shame. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so just Disney as a whole, not like I said, not it's kind of I kind of related to the one later on the point, but uh, they're looking for just fresh ideas for all of their kind of properties, video game speaking, um, because they haven't really had maybe outside of Kingdom Hearts, they don't really have anything else to kind of tip their cap at, you know what I mean? Outside of Star Wars or anything like that. So the mouse is looking for people to create games for their properties. Speaking about the mouse, sort of Mulan's coming to Smite. Yeah, Mulan coming to Smite. So I uh, dig it. I dig it yeah, so much. Yeah, she's a warrior. Makes sense. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, man, I've because I haven't been on for a couple of seasons, so they've introduced like five gods subsequently since I last like tuned in. I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking roster is stacked. Yeah, high res doesn't fuck around, man. No, they do not. And um, yeah, Mulan is coming to Smite. Uh, kind of cool. It's a great timing with the movie coming out soon enough, and good, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, we gotta we gotta hop back on that Smite train, man. That was Absolutely. a lot of fun. Absolutely, we gotta we gotta like. Uh, uh, revamp all our builds because we don't know what's legal tender anymore. Yeah, we don't know what works, what doesn't work. Because I know, like, B- uh, Book of the Dead took like a huge nerf a couple seasons back, and I don't yeah. think it would H- work. How many, how many gods did you run Book of the Dead for? All of my mages, <laughs> all of your mages. <laughs> I think I ran it on uh, Thanatos, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, all of my mages had Book of the Dead, <laughs> all of them. Uh, but yeah, so that's good stuff. Uh, and yeah, I guess that is gaming in a nutshell. Good. Stuff. Let's keep it moving. Sir. So we got time for music news and reviews. Oh yeah. Uh, before we get into that, I I do have a podcast game for next week. It's a real simple one. Here's what I want you to do for next week. It's called the merch roundup. So you're gonna go through your closet. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find all your pieces of merch, mm-hmm. and you're gonna categorize it by band. And then we're gonna be like, okay, so for this band, I have two pieces of merch. They are a shirt and a windbreaker. Okay. And then we're just gonna go through, and we're gonna tally up numbers and. That's all we're going to do because I'm just genuinely curious as to how much shit we have. Interesting. Okay. And I'm going to go a little extra. So my my thing is I always tell people like, yeah, but like my t-shirts are like 65% band shirts mm-hmm. is my estimate. I'm curious to see what it comes out to. Okay. Interesting. So I'm, I'm going to do that extra step. But yeah, we're just going to do a merch roundup because I've you probably have shit from a decade ago still here and there. Maybe yeah. some of it fits. Maybe some of it doesn't. Most of it does not. But we'll see. I'm curious to see uh, <laughs> kind of what the numbers look like. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll, we could do that. Um, most of my shirts that don't fit me, I usually pass down to Adriana. So, we'll have to take Good a look. copy. I think I only have one piece of merch. Um, actually, I have one from a decade ago, and you're going to laugh when I tell you what band it is. What is it? Uh, do you remember a band called Capture the Crown that came out of Australia? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. I still have it, and... Uh, I think I cut the sleeves off it like maybe seven years ago and I wore it as a tank top. <laughs> it's a good looking shirt. I just, they just fucking disappeared off the face of the earth. <laughs> they had that, that one album. song. Um, you call that a knife? That's the one. And yeah. then they did the uh, In My Head cover by Jason Derulo, which is decent. <laughs> I think that's how I found them too. But uh, yeah, man, strange times, strange times. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 2012 was not nice to you, huh? Anyway, moving along. <laughs> All right. So uh, we got some, we got some stuff. So, a lot of actually news related to music and reviews and whatnot. That's why it's called that. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, possible drugs return. What drugs. Kind of drugs. Drugs is uh, Craig Owens' other band, right? <laughs> so uh, this is a band that I happened. Why you named it that. Well, you know. Uh, this is the band that happened in between his stints in Chiodos. Uh, stints. Yeah, he had, because he had two of them. Uh, he did. Um, so, you just make it sound like you went to prison in Chiodos I mean, or something. I mean, hey. Uh <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this one had uh, Matt Good from uh, Famous Last Words. It had Nick Martin from Underminded, who is now on Sleeping with Sirens. 
uh, the bass player from Story of the Year. Like, so a lot of good players. Yeah, a lot of quality re- cast. A lot of really good players. Um, and apparently they're getting back together. Apparently there's a single that is scheduled to drop sometime soon. And uh, Drugs, I guess, is coming back. They only had one album. So take that with what you will. Uh, I think we can all kind of look at the arc of everything Craig Owens has done. And you would notice that all of his projects have kind of fallen apart. And he makes you wonder why. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that is coming stuff. up. So we had the new Chicago venue open up last night, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, what is the name of it? It is Radius. Radius. And yeah. it's in Pilsen. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. It's a bigger venue. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen any 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 pap- like uh, like uh, pictures or anything from it? No, I haven't. Is it gorgeous? It is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it is beautiful. I'd imagine that first night was the night to go if you don't want to deal with you know you like your van sticking to the floor. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it's good stuff. Um, you know, uh, you know us on this podcast for a sucker for the small, yeah. dirty, grimy. It's actually this, shows. it's actually gigantic. Yeah, this is like yeah. United Center. Like, yeah, well, I don't know if it's bat, bit, that big, but it's, it's, it's closer to the United Center than it is to, to like. I would put it in like Aragon Ballroom kind of cat. I think it might be bigger than Aragon. I think so. I mean, just from that close. Oh, yeah, just just from what I've seen, Adrian has described it perfectly. She said it looks like the warehouse from Scott Pilgrim. You know, they played that warehouse. With the, with <laughs> yeah, the, that's good. With the two uh, twin DJs, it looks like that. Uh, it has a very industrial feel, which is nice. And it has two levels. It has like a like a wraparound balcony thing. Balcony thing, like at the rave. Uh, yeah, it looks fucking cool, man. It looks really good. I, Dylan Francis played there last night, and I'm sure it was a fucking hoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like it was a hoot. Dylan uh, Francis is hilarious. Yeah, I heard. Um, so that's what's going on, and I would definitely want to check it out as soon as I can. Let's get a Slipknot in there. No, it's, it's not. He's no, bro. <laughs> Let's get like Rise Against them. There you go. Now you're Rise thinking. Against and yeah. who'd be like a good like support for Rise Against for like a good rock band support for your strong. We'll get into for your strong. Oh, we'll a little get. Bit. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, Warp that sea. Um. Okay. So I want to just say that I'm digging this whole boat stuff. Is it really the next big concert move? What's up with Warped at Sea, man? So uh, this is actually something they've done before. They actually did Warped at Sea several years back um, where it was Warped yeah, Tour. This is the Poseidon stage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, where they, they actually did it, and it went off pretty well. It was pretty successful from what I understand. But they never did it again. Uh, there was a survey that went out officially, an official Warped Tour bands survey. Talked about, hey, if we were to do Warped at Sea, what would you be interested in? Was meet and greets, all these things, right? Uh, price points and things like that. Which one you'd be interested to? What would prevent you from going? Stuff like that, right? What bands you would like to see? All that stuff. So I actually filled out the survey. I have no <laughs> intention of yeah. like going, but uh, if it did happen, this is what I would want to happen. So I guess they're thinking about making it kind of like a boat thing. Now, I was, again, I don't think it's going to be like an annual thing, uh, but if they were going to bring it back, I think it's kind of an interesting way to do it. You know, uh, you don't like it. It's not warped unless you hit that shitty town in Arkansas, man. They never hit a town in Arkansas. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Okay, I mean it's got to be a cross country ordeal where one day in the summer you get burnt, you get heat stroke, and you mosh around for fucking ten hours. I mean, I don't know. It can be on a boat. Put it on a boat, but it's not warped. Put it on a boat. Put it on a plane. Put it on a train. Anyway, um, so that's what's going on right now. The survey is still active from what I understand. <laughs> survey says no. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm okay with it. I mean, like I said, I probably wouldn't be able to attend it at all, but I'm cool with Kevin Lyman doing whatever the fuck he wants. I think he's earned that right. So, um, 
Kind Pass of the torch down, man. Pass the torch down. It's There's got to be. I, I know it's his. It's his. I know it's his. It's no, the lineman special. I, but I, I could tell you right now that if he passes it down to somebody else, nobody would take care of it or love it as much as he did. Nobody. Nobody. I don't know. Does he have kids? No. Damn. De- he dedicated his life to punk rock, bro. Actually, I don't know if he has kids. I'm just fucking making shit up. But I was gonna say that's like, wow, that's you're probably right on th- in that aspect. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe his kids are just younger, or maybe they want to do something else. I don't know. I don't blame him. But but nobody would take care of it like it's, him. It's not it's not warp tour until the that criteria is met in my eyes. Hmm. But we'll see. Do whatever you want. Call it whatever you want. Warp that sea. Yeah. Warp that sea. That's actually a really good name. Yeah. It flows very nicely. Correct. Whatever. Uh, Parkway Drive is doing a tour. Um, what's the lineup for this? Oh tour? shit! Hold on. You put this on here. I put it on like a fucking week and it's a half ago. What do you want me to do? Knocked loose, if I'm not mistaken. That's for sure. Hate breed. Hate breed. Hate breed and knock loose in that order. Cool. Parkway, hate breed, knock loose. So uh, this is like a bigger, a bigger venue kind of a kind of a tour. Yeah. Oh, put, put that. There you go. Put put Parkway Drive in there. I think they're hitting Aragon, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, something like that. I feel like all the big shit goes to Aragon by it's default. The best fucking venue in the city. No bottom lounge. Mm. All righty. So, um, but yeah. So this this is kind of a big deal. It's a nice tour. Hate breed. You know, double cool. horns. Um, so yeah, this is something that I thought I wanted, I wanted to throw on there. Good stuff. Cool. Good stuff. We got some album reviews coming up. Oh my goodness. Um, all we right. got three. We got three album reviews. Um, I think our record was four in a week. Um, last year maybe when we had like EPs, it might have been like a like a one or two EPs and two albums. Count that as however you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so Polaris released an album called the death of me. Uh, we listened to it. What did you think my friend? Um, so I, yeah, I gave it a listen about the middle of the week. Uh, they Polaris young band, good stuff. Uh, the, the, the album is definitely a, a gigantic quantum leap for them. Uh, they, cause you were like really fond of the last album. I liked it, but I wasn't quite crazy, crazy about it. Like you were. And, um, I think they're showing off their range a little bit here. I, I mean, from what I remember, they weren't like the most catchy like band songs prior to what this album is, but they have a lot of great cleans in here. Uh, but they don't feel the need to kind of uh, beat you over the head with it. I think if the song calls for it, they bring the cleans. Uh, the musicianship has definitely stepped up. Who produced this? Do you know? I have no idea. Whoever did it did a great job. Uh, you hear every fine note. Um, there's a song... I think it says all oh, this is fleeting where they have like a beautiful op- the song be- opens up beautifully with like clean picking and reverb and I told you earlier in the week that I'm a fucking sucker for that so if you want to get me in a- got me like hook line and secret on a song that's the one uh vocally great performance man Jamie Hale man great vocalist yeah he did a good job um drumming was very impressive um overall I- it was an album that I was super surprised with i know you were looking forward to it a lot more than I, like i wasn't like like against them or anything but i just didn't think it was gonna like blow me away it got to the doorstep of that it got to the doorstep of blowing me away like borderline and um super impressive man super impressive um i'm gonna give it a b plus uh but just due to the fact that i was gonna give it a little bit higher but something else came out mm-hmm. and it kind of changed my ranking a little bit for them but it's definitely something that i would revisit uh, I think that's one of the bigger things about albums um, is the ability to revisit it and kind of have it have it that, that same profound impact on you. Um, and yeah, this is a really good album. They should be proud of this accomplishment. I know other bands were kind of shouting it, shouting them out. I think Dayseeker was one of them. Uh, like, wow, these guys have kind of stepped up the bar, and they have absolutely they have. So yeah, Pol- Polaris should be proud of what they've accomplished. Yeah, man, I like this album a lot because, like you said, there's no 
kind of urge or need to toss in the most, you know, death-defying growls mm-hmm. or like nasty breakdowns every song. It's kind of um, they play towards their strength, and you know, I liked uh, I liked the Mortal Coil a lot because it was a lot of like thematic shit and the lyrics were really well written, mm-hmm. but. The Death of Me is actually quite beautiful in a sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's very well-spoken. Jamie Hill's a great lyricist and an even better vocalist. And I think the delivery on everybody's front was just so fucking amazing. I guess the best way I could describe it is if you could look at, like, chaos through, like, a clear glass window. And then sometimes you forget that window's there. But you know you're in safety the whole time. You know, that's, like, the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Where you have these crazy good high-fucking moments where, like, in a Hypermania, it does feel like you're getting beat down in some aspects. Mm-hmm. But, like... Uh, you know, Martyrs, uh, it comes in waves. It's such a monument to everything that, like, metalcore can be. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be in-your-face wild brutality the whole time. Mm-hmm. It can take a step back and show you it's it's kind of calmer side. And mm-hmm. I like it too, man. Um, I think the biggest accomplishment here is seeing them grow because I, you know, I put all my money into them when uh, the Remedy, or the Jesus, uh, Mortal Coil came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys are going places. And now we're going to see them set sail. Uh, if you told me that they're touring with Architects, like they're opening up for Architects, I'd say, yeah, that that's probably about right. Yeah. Um, I want to see them come back around to the U.S. because I'd imagine they put on a fucking crazy live show. Mm-hmm. And they've been selling out Australia, man, rightfully so. You know, it's funny that you bring up the Architects because uh, I didn't really make that connection until like right now. But One of me, the songs is totally Architects. Uh, well, not, not even just that, but like kind of the trajectory that they're taking kind of reminds me of early Architects, you know? Yeah, where uh, you, you drop something good and people are like, yeah, yeah. And then you drop something like really, really leagues good. Leagues better than yeah. that. And you're like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's exponential growth, man. And I don't know what these guys have been doing. I don't know how they've been training. If they've been like carrying their instruments up like a 10,000 step mountain every night and then recording with Will Putney at the very top. <laughs> He's like this old like Tibetan monk. I don't know, I'm just talking about <laughs> my ass now, yeah. right? But they, they've done something and there's a difference between quantity of work and quality of work mm-hmm. or quality of training. And this has been 110% quality of training because um, it's a great album. Yeah, I think that's one of the better things about uh, albums are bands that are like trying to prove themselves. I think they feel the, the need to constantly throw like the fastball as an example, right? My sports metaphor of the week, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you throw the fastball cause the fastball is what people expect, but you know, it makes it like a pitcher more complete when he starts throwing in the off speed stuff. You know what you, I mean? It's the same thing with fighting, man. Like people that don't know martial arts, those first 30 seconds, they're going to go all out. They're going to swing wide. They're going to come at you. But like a skilled fighter that's been in the ring, will take a step back mm-hmm. I'll analyze and I'll throw one or two and I'll put yeah. you on your ass. That's Correct. exactly what it is. Correct. Yeah. So uh, I think that they did a great job of kind of showing a, a good range of the for them uh, because I think uh, a lot of bands, like you said, a lot of bands just want to, they just want to move. They just want to move. And th- there's, th- there's good stuff there. There could be for sure. But um, when you're constantly trying to move, you don't, can't really take stop. your time. Yeah. You can't really stop and enjoy the time. scenery. You, you know? don't got to pile drive your wife all night, you know, true. Be true. sensual. And I feel like uh, that's a really <laughs> weird thing to. I give this album an A minus. It's uh, very good. Okay. And um, my thing is, and I tell you all the time, I do research and I hype shit up left and right. And I feel like a lot of the time it ruins it for me. This album hit all my expectations. I agree. Mm-hmm. And it uh, it was surprising, even though I was looking for a lot. And yeah. uh, thank you, all the guys in Polaris, come back around. Absolutely. You know, that's good stuff. Uh, then we have the Amity Affliction. Uh, I didn't listen to this. Um. I just didn't get around to it. I don't have no personal gripes with any of the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did. Give me your opinion. So, um, you know, I think this is something that you and I were, I mean, I was looking forward to it because it looked like they were kind of returning to form, right? They were kind of going back to their old school kind of Amity Affliction kind of a vibe uh, where they have like kind of those heavier brutality moments but are given 
but they're kind of they're lesser important when it comes to like the melody of it. Uh, there is definitely songs in there that kind of call back to that early Amity Affliction kind of a vibe. However, um, there are stuff on here. There is stuff on here that is comparable to everything they've done after the fact. And uh, to me, there there's a lot of songs on here that are very skippable. Uh, I think outside of the singles, I'm not particularly fond of anything else they did on the album because I, th- I think they've only got like three singles so far and those are the highlight tracks. And granted, that should kind of be that way, but it shouldn't be a light year jump. It should be maybe, you know, everything should feel kind of connected and to me, it just it just feels disjointed. Sure. Um, it's like they couldn't decide exactly what they wanted to do so they literally split it down the middle. So we're going to do this songs are going to sound like this, but the other songs are going to sound like stuff that we just recently did. And to me, it's a miss. Okay. Um, there's more stuff that I dislike on the album that I like. Uh, so I'm going to give it a C minus. Um, I'm not particularly blown away by any of this. Do you think, um, well, I think I know the answer. Do you think Amity Affliction has peaked? Yes. And they're just kind of uh, coasting. Yeah, correct. I think they they have definitely peaked. Uh, and I don't think it could, I don't think it was always meant to be that way. I think if they kind of focused up and kind of had a clear cons- like vision of where they wanted to go, I think they could have easily broke out of that. And been what, like, Architects, yeah. I guess Burns Red level. Correct. But unfortunately, I just think that the ship has kind of sailed and it's too late. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's kind of where we're at with that. And um, the ship has sailed, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of How disappointing. How they get it into the tube? I don't know. Look that up, man. They gotta... I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, good analysis. Um, my, 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 my main problem is, okay, I don't, I don't know. I thought that the, no, no, go ahead. the review is over, but my main problem is, and I understand why they do this, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. The, the vote, the clean vocalist, he's Joel Birch. He is very good. He is good, but they, they are rely too much on him. They lean on him. He is not that great. He is a good, good vocalist, but he should not be taking up 65 to 70% of your songs. I'm sorry. I, I mean, even when I like really liked Amity Affliction, I, that's, I still thought that. You know what I mean? And Good it's stuff. a mess, man. It's a mess. All right. Um, yeah, uh, I think Amity Affliction is in a state where, well, first of all, you know, I'll give them the positive. They have enough traction where shit like this doesn't matter. They can drop a mediocre album. People will still buy their they just merch, drop, buy tickets. They drop it, three in a row. Shit. They're just kind of, there's, they have enough momentum, right? Yeah. At this point. Um, that being said, I wasn't really impressed by anything that came after uh let the ocean take me, me. Yeah. there were songs i liked mm-hmm. uh, like i bring the weather with me kind of grew on me you mm-hmm. know i didn't like it at first it grew on me definitely though but aside from like cherry picked singles here and there i just there hasn't been a full ass album that i revisit every once in a while like let the oceans take me yeah man because there's, there's nothing on anything they've done subsequently that will be pittsburgh i'm sorry pittsburgh <laughs> no intro the yeah. way down yeah um, so lean, many lean on me. You know lean, I mean? Oh fuck. Yeah. So <laughs> lean on me by Joel Berg. <laughs> uh, he, he, here's a fun Don't one. Don't lean on me L- by Joel L- Berg. Let's do uh, let's do metalcore draft picks. So Joel Birch from Anime Affliction will now be drafted into dance. Gavin dance. Where's <laughs> Tillian Pearson going? Knocked loose. He baby. could do anything. Knocked loose. No, he could do anything that fucking um, Craig Owens does. Craig Owens or uh, uh, Johnny Craig can do. He could do anything because that's basically what he does anyway. He follows them everywhere they go. I'm not going to get into that. Put, uh, put Tillian Pearson in Bless the Fall and let's see what he can do. Oh, Lord. That'd be interesting. Oh, That'd be interesting. Man, we should do a draft pick instead of March Madness this year. <laughs> Metalcore draft picks. What, who, who are we moving where? 
That should be fun. Yeah. I mean, I know about like a, yeah, we could do that. We could probably do that for a couple weeks, actually. Yeah. Well, because I mean, we did March Madness and we had a lot of great albums. Yeah. And it's going to be rough, man. So unless we do it for like last year's albums, like specifically 2019 albums. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. And we have one more album review this year. We do. Today, I should say. Yeah. Uh, not for the rest of the year. We have many more this year. Correct. Uh, four Years Strong, Brain Pain. Uh, can I start off on this one? Absolutely, you can. So I like Four Years Strong. Um, always kind of have, never really like dove super deep into them and i knew this album was coming out and i knew this is something you wanted to review and i knew this is something of importance so i said yeah let's listen to it so i you know i got my headphones in i'm on a i'm at the gym and i'm like all right let's bump for your strong in my flannel right mm -hmm. i wasn't wearing a flannel but it's okay. fitting um brain pain is is a good album um and that's an understatement because four years strong is like that cool uncle you've always had that you always suspected smoked weed but you never had any proof because he was really good at cleaning up his house yeah and um and this uncle uh you know he's been kind of down recently but he just went through a divorce and now he's living his best fucking life he got a sleeve tattoo he bought a jeep and he's just coasting around the world man um i'm gonna have to start checking on your uncles are they okay yeah no i mean it's not a personal story <laughs> okay i just think it's very fitting four years strong has been the cool uncle of pop punk they've been more on the punk side of pop punk for as long as they've been around and i think that this album is their best album to date mm -hmm. i think it has their best single to date and i think as a whole this is a very good fucking experience this is the whole pie baby and you don't feel bad after eating it i like it man if um if i were to give this like a subtitle um for your strong you know punk goes zen because it's a very self-reflective look back at their lives and i think a lot of these songs are very relatable and I just love kind of the lyrical work and the melodies. And it makes you feel like, I don't know, like a kid again. Mm -hmm. And there's not many albums that do that, especially from your childhood. You go back and, you know, we don't vibe with a lot of these things anymore. But like shit like The Worst Pot About Me, 17, um, Young at Heart. You know what I mean? Get Out of My Head, Crazy Pills. Like there's so many good songs on here. Mouthful of Dirt is probably my favorite off the album, by the way. Um, they're very cohesive. Um, and it works very well. And... In fact, I give this thing a flat A. Not like an A minus, not an A plus, an A. Okay. Um, it might be my album of the year at the moment. Uh, it, it's no, it's really good. Um, there's something about it. There's this sort of carefree aroma to Four Years Strong, but at mm -hmm. the same time, it's very like take care of yourself and your mental health. And mm -hmm. I, I vibe with it. I vibe with whatever they're putting out. Absolutely. All right. So. Um yeah, man, this, this was an album that I was looking forward to. Um, it's been a while since they dropped something that was like a full length. And um, I would say like the last year and a half, two years, I've like really, really grown to like love Four Year Strong. Eternal Summer, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think to me, this is something that is, like you said, easily their best album to date. All right. And they don't have a bad album like at all. Um, but I think... It's easy um, to kind of associate the pop punk genre using quotes with like immaturity, right? I think when you look back at like early Blink and early Sum 41, you kind of relate these things all, early all time low stuff like that, walking around in your underwear, shit like that, right? I think that's something that people associate. Uh, Four Year Strong came to the came to the mound and proved that you can talk about real life shit, serious shit, and play and music still be playful yeah still have music that won't make you feel like you want to jump off a cliff all right and um this is like the most mature effort i've seen from them so far um not to say that the previous leads weren't but this is easily the most mature they've been lyrically content i actually sat 
and like followed along with almost every song. And I kind of got lost in it a little bit, but in a good way, you know, um, they've grown and, um, musically it's fucking phenomenal, man. They, they are one of those bands and this is something that they've done since the beginning of time that they know where to place a breakdown, like better than like any other band that I can think of. Right. And where you're like, just when that moment is that song is starting to hit that peak and you feel like, okay, this song is really starting to ca- captivate me and really starting to get it. They put it in this violent breakdown, juicy, burger. Yeah, juicy breakdown. And you're just like, wow, that was a fucking moment in time. And I felt that. And a lot, this album has a lot of that, like that opening track. It doesn't sound like four year strong immediately. That opening track, nope. right? It has that kind of a weird kind of a, sl- definitely a slower paced kind of a, kind of a feel. And then it's like, I'm cool. And then it just fucking goes and it just fucking launches into space. And, um, they did a, dude, I can't, I can't compliment this band enough. Uh, Four Year Strong, outside of this album, I'm in the same category as you. Outside of this album being my favorite album of the year so far, easily, um, I think this is starting to take Four Year Strong and putting them into a different echelon. As far you, you as you know, what it is, it they're in, they're on the same boat as Every Time I Die, where each album is incrementally better, yeah, and you don't see it until you look back five, six, seven, eight years, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. and you, you really get the full effect there. And honestly, like I would agree with you on that, but this album is a fucking jump. It is a gigantic jump for them. And like I said, I think it's creatively the more riskier album they've done because there's nothing that's like over the top typical. There's no gimmicks. There's no like it must suck to be four years strong. Now. Yeah. There's no half man, half unicorn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 very modern. It's very grown. Yeah. And it's mature. Absolutely. Uh, you could tell that they took because they, they were mentioned how they've been working on this album for a while and that they took their time with it and felt the need to really fine tune every little aspect of the band to show improvement. And my God, man, they definitely done that. And they should be super proud of this effort. Um, what are your standout tracks? Standout tracks for me. Uh, I, I love that opening track. Uh, it's cool. I love that. Uh, hold on, let me pull out the yeah, man. Uh, cra- crazy pulls. Crazy pulls. Uh, crazy pulls. Yep. Um, Seventeen was really good. Um, the worst part about me. Yeah, th- those two sold it for me, man. Yeah. Uh, usefully useless. Like this, this is filled. It's filled with it. Like I'm looking at it, and there's like no bad song on this. No. I'm literally looking back. I'm, there's not a single bad song on this album. And um, and if you would have told me maybe at the beginning of the year that hey man, four years strong, four years strong would be hey that, man, it must suck to be four years strong right about <laughs> now. Hey man, that that album by Four Years Strong that you're kind of looking forward to might be the best thing you hear you've heard so far by March. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't well, you know, it's funny. We always kind of formulate. We always have like a very clear album of the year by this time. Yeah, because it was uh, disposed by the plot new, which, by the way, I've given it the the full marks, the ten out of ten, the A plus rank. Okay, so it's it's moved up. It, it's it's in there, and you know, I always say that I don't like giving that off the bat mm-hmm. when you gave Dayseeker that perfect score, uh, <laughs> because I think if you know a perfect album should be something you revisit with time, mm-hmm. and that's been upgraded to that status. Yeah. Um, I can see myself coming back to this, but at the moment, it's a flat A. Yep. It's it's a very, I, honest, I, it's, I can't even say it's a good effort. It's good. It's a good piece. Yeah. It's a good compendium of four years strong. And, you know, there was, there was that like weird heyday where people will get four years strong and a day to remember confused. Mm-hmm. We're, we're long past that. Yeah, we're not, four years strong mm-hmm. has a, a very good personality and a very good presence. And put them on with a band like Knock Loose. Put them on with a band like. Every time I die. Man, even put them on with like the main or something. Like yeah. you know, they'd fit the. They're so malleable and so fun. Put them on with less than Jake. Yeah, you could put them. You could put them anywhere and they'll fit in. 
And that there's very few bands that can do that. Every time I die is one of those bands that you can kind of put them with anybody and they fit in. They're kind of chameleons at this point and they can kind of maybe adjust a couple of set lists to make it maybe more popular or they could adjust a couple of set lists and make it more brutal and heavy. They could fit in with anybody, man. And um, that's why I love them. And like I said, to me, outside of this album being so far my album of the year, I'm also looking at it from the perspective of this took this band in my head, which was always like maybe bottom of the top tier to starting to ascend up to the maybe God tier status in my head as far as bands that I enjoy. Absolutely. Because uh, and just wait till the summer comes. Bump these tracks during the summer. Yeah, they release it at an opportune time. Yeah, and you're gonna feel everything. It's only gonna get warmer from here, right? Absolutely. So, um, four years strong. I am completely blown away by this. I had my good headphones on with this. Uh, <laughs> That's when you know you're gonna like. You gotta bust out the good headphones. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta hear this the way it's meant to be heard and. I'm impressed, man. I, I really am. And I'm I wanna see them live. Like that's how that's, that's how good bad. you know an album is, is if like you're immediately like, I wanna see these songs live as soon as possible. And that's where I'm at. So for your strong it's an A. I'm I'm in the same category as you. I'm gonna put it at an A. I could easily see it upgrade to an A plus someday, but right now it's an A. Good copy. Uh thank you for your strong. My current lineup is four years, Polaris, Great American Ghost, top three. Mm-hmm. Kinda gotta shuffle around for the four and five, mm-hmm. but we'll see as the year comes. Uh we still got the Every Time I Die album coming out this year. We got the Word Alive album, which is may or may not be out. It's yet. out. It's out now. Uh, yeah, we, we got to get around to that maybe mm-hmm. next week. Um, and we got a lot of other releases from bands we don't even know we love yet. Silverstein coming out with some stuff. So yeah, it's gonna be a good year. It's starting starting to heat up a little bit, like literally and figuratively. <laughs> and um, I'm definitely looking forward to this year because so far it's shaping up to be a pretty good one as Speaking far as releases. Albums coming out. August Burns Red has got an album coming out. And Dance Game and Dance announced an album, uh, Afterburner, on the April of 24th. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yeah. For no. April 24th. There we go. Uh, good stuff. Dance Game and Dance had some, I believe the uh, single was called Prisoner. Probably mm-hmm. good. Tillian kind of takes, I don't want to say a backseat, take, takes a step down from that throne, that clean throne, and kind of lets John mess. It's like a nice 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Um, and then the ABR single, uh, I mean, it's ABR. It's well, I, I, will, I, will, I will say this because... You're right, but I think it's it's definitely brutal. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really fast paced, really really violent song in a good way. So um, we'll see what they got in store for us. Here's August an Burns idea Red. for August Burns Red. You know how they do like the, I don't know, like the gimmicky song every year, like at Christmas or the Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Why not? It's just an idea. Why not just throw out like a weird fucking obscure? It doesn't even have to be obscure. Just throw out a genre gender bender and have ABR drop like a pop punk song or like a death core song. You know what I mean? And just see how good they are in other. I mean, cause they're, they're great musicians, right? Let's just see them slow it down and make like a catchy ass <laughs> chorus. Or, well, like I, I was going to say, man, uh, August Burns Red is a band that I am like incredibly shocked up to this point that has like not had a clean <laughs> chorus. Like, and the like, ever. insane amount of consistency. Yeah. And the, yeah, man, it's crazy. They haven't had a clean chorus like ever. <laughs> it's like always, it's that kid who always gets like a 98 or 99 on Correct. the test, you know? Yeah. So it's a weird thing, but, um, yeah, that's shaping up. Everything is shaping up, man. I'm liking how everything is going with, uh, with our lineup this year, this year for the, for the, the album reviews and whatnot. Good so copy. So I went to go see, uh, Simon planet at the subterranean last night. Uh, let me just say this. It was a four-band lineup. It was Greyhaven opening up. It was Invent Animate. Then it was Currents and then Silent Planet headlining, obviously, for the Trilogy Tour 2020. First of all... Where was this at? Uh, the Subterranean, which sold out. It's the most packed I've ever seen that fucking venue. Um, let me just say this. All four of these bands are magnitudes better live. Okay. And that's probably one of the highest compliments I could ever give a band. 
where if you're good on album, awesome. If you're amazing live, that's where you sell merch. That's where you get your name known because I'm a Currents fan now. I wasn't before last night, but holy shit, Brian from Currents, that dude got pipes. Mm-hmm. That dude got crazy ass pipes. He came out for a Psych Escape. Hmm. Uh, and I was like, wow. Um, what else am I going to say? Um, if you haven't seen Silent Planet live, man, and you enjoy their stuff, I think you should. Um, indoors. Indoors, absolutely. Um, here's my thing. We've we've seen preachy bands. We've seen, uh, you know, Ghost Key when uh, Brian did his whole like monologue, which was uh, it was nice. Sharp Tooth. Uh, Sharp Tooth. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of bands. Kublai Khan to an extent. Um, when Garrett Russell speaks, um, people perk up and they pay attention because, you know, he he's a funny he is a funny guy, right? But what he's preaching about up there is some some real shit. He is extremely intelligent extremely intelligent that that's an understatement yeah this dude is wise beyond belief mm-hmm. um and one of the things that really fucked me up was he said that they played firstborn which was a pleasant surprise he said i wrote the song for my friend whose kid died in an accident and i was like yeesh i like we didn't i didn't know that going in but that just made that song yeesh crazy impactful now yeah now go back and listen to that and Ugh. try not to tear up you know Jesus what i mean because you got a kid i don't have kids you got a kid yeah and um it's small stuff like that that makes a difference that that adds the whole thing but garrett went into this um spiel about how he was in a mental hospital and he was essentially preaching you know take care of yourself take care of the folks out there blah 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 and the big thing is is that every night when silent planners on tour he will stick around after they're set he will talk to you mm-hmm. you can talk to him about the weather you can talk to him about your problems it doesn't matter but he will stand there and he will listen to you and he'll talk and him and I talked and I, you know, I don't usually get this whole like weird starstruck thing, but I got a fat tongue, man. And all I could say was thank you. Yeah. And I gave him a hug yeah. and he was just, you know, mm-hmm. very warm and welcoming. And I left that show feeling good. Good. And shout out to them. Also trilogy live. They opened it with it. Oh shit. That's, that's right perfect. Out. Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> it was just right out the gate. Insanity. Nice. But good set list. Good merch. Good band. Good people, man. Absolutely. If you haven't check them out. Absolutely. That's oh, good stuff. Also, okay. small little thing that I thought was really cool that they were doing. They're doing a uh, stop-specific shirt for each city on the tour. Hmm. And so it's the same baseline shirt, but it's different tie-dye elements or bleach elements or different wash elements each stop. And the Chicago one was properly fucking cool. But they've been selling out every night. Okay. So maybe this is something more bands should look into because this is clearly doing well. Well, I think I think it's something that like when you say, "Hey, this is like a stop exclusive," you're like, "Well, I gotta get my hands on it." Because like, yeah, I mean, the whole fear of missing out thing, right? right? Yeah. But I, I don't know how many they do. But when I got in there, they're like, "It's gone." And I was like, what, "This thing started ten minutes ago." <laughs> what do you mean they're gone? <laughs> but yeah, man, that's all I gotta say. Um, looking forward to what they're cranking out, and mm-hmm. also, man, we need to like listen to Currents because they're really good. Currents. I'll put Currents on. and Invent Animate. Both those both those bands fuck for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's all I got to say, man. Excellent, Not excellent, excellent. Ex- so, because, you know, Gabe had a, a show to review. I actually got a show to review uh, next week as well. What are you going to this I'm week? going to see We Came as Romans, The Devil Wears Prada, and Dayseeker on Thursday. So, we'll have a review for that show. You're going to try and get a... One of your Devil Wars Prada records signed. Mike's pretty good about hanging well, out. I actually got all the ones I do have. I I actually do have signed. So I gotcha. I, got I think, think my only one that's not signed is Zombies. Yeah, I got I got space signed, so that's all that matters. 
yeah, but, but yeah, I'm going to check them out. Uh, it should be good. Uh, we'll have a review for that show next week on the podcast. So that's just good stuff. But yeah, man, um, it's been a good week. We had a lot of fun. Uh, I particularly enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it was probably good. Um, so yeah, man, uh, I, I believe, Gabe, that was episode 151. 151, of, man, crazy. Of the Second City Kids podcast. So for those who are listening, thank you for checking us out. Uh, feel free to share all the good stuff. Let us know. Tell us about your friends. Tell your friends about us. All that good stuff. All those comments, questions, or concerns and whatnot. You guys know the outro by now. But yeah, so thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you here next week for episode 152. <coughs> I think I just caught coronavirus just right there. <coughs> Until next time, folks. Deuces. Every time. Every time. Every time. Every time I try. <laughs>Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.